With authority. Welcome to another quarantine edition of our With Authority podcast. Larry Fieldcase, Brad Chris Alvarez, and our special guest star from right down the block from my house is the all-time leading scorer in Major League Soccer, Chris Wondolowski. Uh, Chris, first, thanks for your time. And um, why haven't I seen you at Safeway? Because we're five minutes away. What's going on here? Hey, Larry, thanks for having me. Uh, I do appreciate it. I, I, I like keeping my, uh, especially my grocery and pretty much any shopping experience uh, as short as possible. I'm, I'm in and out type of guy, especially clothes shopping, which as you can tell, my attire is never quite up to par and uh, I'm always uh, kind of lacking in that, in that uh, department, but it's, at least I don't spend much time on it, I guess. Yeah, I look at uh, the trips to the Safeway and all those shopping experiences uh, akin to a commando raid. Like, I need this, I need that. What's the shortest distance between these two points? I'm in and out. It's uh, it's almost an athletic endeavor when I'm in there. So absolutely, I think there does. There has to be a lot of planning involved. Uh, you know, even which kind of with I say, but which entrance, which door do you enter at? You know, which uh, I think that is a big key. You know, do you try to start in the produce aisle, or are you going straight into uh, well the bread? But I usually the wine aisle over there. But. <laughs> Oh, that's an interesting revelation a minute into the podcast. Okay, we'll talk more about wine. Um, we try to do stuff a little unconventionally. So the Quakes had a nice run in the MLS's back tournament. You were in the bubble for a while. What was your first meal outside the bubble that you were really looking forward to that you were like, man, I, I, I'm sorry we lost, but I'm so happy because I finally get to have blanks. Uh, yes. Uh, so for me, it was just a, a nice steak. Uh, I, I needed like, a, a nice, nice steak, uh, like Baylor, uh, barbecue. But for me, I, I was, I'm also a junk food type of guy where like Chipotle was also just craving, uh, just some like random stuff like that. Um, but I think also the sweets, my, uh, my ice cream kick, I, I, there's no ice cream in Orlando, which I, uh, I was hurting. What? That. What? I mean, our, our team is pretty regimented. I, I think it was more of a team uh, decision oh. than it was uh, actually finding ice cream. So, Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. You know, when we first talked to Tommy Thompson, right, when you guys went into the bubble, you were the first team to enter the bubble. And he really kept trying to say, like, this is a business trip. You know, there's no amenities. It's practice. We're getting worn out. We're going right back to our room. But I know that can't possibly be the case, right? I mean, you guys had to have had some fun inside the bubble. So what were some of the activities that you guys were doing to kind of keep busy in between all the winning you guys did? Uh, we definitely had to uh, kind of enter our 12-year-old uh, child because there was a lot of downtime as well. We, we definitely practiced hard and Orlando Heat is uh, something else. But our practices were late in the evening. So we wouldn't practice till about 7 or 8 o'clock, sometimes even 9 o'clock at night. And so there's a lot of the day where we had to kind of fill and uh, we spent a lot of time on darts. We, we all kind of chipped in. We got this dart board and uh, we were playing all sorts of games uh, with darts. We played some cards. Uh, a lot of guys played some FIFA. I didn't get into the FIFA much, but uh, I was huge into the darts. And uh, some guys got some remote control cars and we we're driving those around as well. And so uh, we, we definitely enjoyed ourselves. Uh, yeah. We I was tipped off to ask you about car racing. How did you guys do the car racing with the remote control cars? Were you just running around the hotels or were you on the grounds? Like what was going on with that? So yes, I mean, it was just all around the, the hotel. So basically through the lobby or outside and we, I think there was 10, 10 different remote control cars. And so we had to make sure we 
I decorated them, had, uh, had our own uh, cars out there and, um, you know, being able to race them. And it was, uh, you had to make sure you're, you had your head on a swivel because those cars come in fast and uh, they, they, can, they can hit you in the ankle, really, <laughs> coming hot. But it was, you, know, you, had to, you had to be on the lookout for them. But it was actually a lot of fun. And some of these guys are pretty amazing drivers. Wanda, you've experienced a lot in your career, but this bubble was nothing anyone anticipated. So you highlighted some of the fun things you guys did, but what's the most memorable thing that you'll remember from your guys' time or your personal time in the bubble? To be honest, I think it was a lot of those little special moments, uh, especially for, my for myself being uh, the veteran older guy. I wouldn't have had those moments, uh, especially with some of these young guys that I would off the field. And, uh, you know, just, it was, you know, just with life and families, you're not able to spend that time, but we we're uh, together for, I think, you know, almost 42 days or, you know, 40 days. And, uh, you know, it's, it was pretty cool to learn some of the stories, learn the background, um, you know, of a lot of the guys, you know, things that's happening over in Germany or Holland or Argentina. It was pretty cool to learn just the history of guys and, you know, the backgrounds of them. You referenced some of that heat, and we were watching on TV, and I was glad I wasn't there. It looked like it swam, we were like in a pool. So how difficult is it to play soccer when it's that hot and then you're drenched just physically, the exhaustion you guys and the exertion you guys are putting out there? Oh, definitely. You know, I think that it's, it's definitely tough, and you are uh, literally swimming. You know, you can wring out your shirt and uh, shorts, and some guys usually do, but it's uh, – it's also one of those, you know, things that you have to try to use as an advantage and uh, try to take any advantage we could. We, we kind of pride ourselves on being fit, and so we, we work hard. And, and uh, you know, you mentioned two guys earlier, Tommy Thompson, Chase Linus, two of the fittest guys, and it's, uh, it's pretty nice to, to see their engine still going in the 90th minute, and it's almost, you know, contagious or inspirational that you see them go, and you're like, all right, I, I have this as well. I got this, and keep it going. So it's interesting you're talking about – the weather because it's over a hundred right now in the East Bay. How would you compare our, I think it's supposed to be like 106 today, which is insanity. Never used to get that hot here uh, like this to the Orlando situation. I don't know what the temps were there, but it's always so humid in the summer in Florida. Yes. Um, to, to be honest, it was, we, we were saying we brought the weather over with us, uh, back with us. Um, you know, I think that the temperatures, uh, there was a 10 day, a consecutive 10 days while we were there where it was over 90 degrees in temperature and 90 degrees humidity. And, um, you know, so I, I, I do kind of compare it right now. This is in, in Danville. I've never felt this in the Bay area. I've not felt this, let alone the lightning, uh, the other day, the thunder and lightning, uh, that was kind of an eye opener. You know, usually I'm kind of used to just the one strike in the, in the sky, but the, the whole sky was lit up, uh, and it was uh, pretty rare to see, but I think that it was, it, reminiscent of like an Orlando lightning storm and uh, some that you see with that humidity or uh, tropical weather. Yeah, clearly Mother Nature is not happy with us at the moment. Oh. I believe that's oh. a direct message. Um, is, yeah. So if you had to play a game right now, would you rather be in Orlando with 90-90 or Danville 106, but maybe a somewhat drier heat if that is even a thing? <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you're, you're not winning either way. Either way, you're, you're leaving the night. <laughs> you're, you're, you're questioning uh, what you're doing after. But uh, I, I, just being home, I'm, I'm just sticking with Danville. I, Orlando, you, you have to deal with bugs other than that. I mean, there, there's a whole other uh, elements. But, uh, yeah, always stick with Danville. I, I just have an IV drip going at all times, whether I need it or not right now. It's, that's my plan. I don't know. You can do the same smart. thing. Yeah, I can come over and I'll so, you know, hook you up. Thank Literally. You. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I have no idea where he's going with that, but no, nowhere. 16 seasons, 161 MLS goals. My favorite moment for you, though, may have came off the field. It was when you were suspended for that game against Philly, and you're in the crowd at the Ultras, and Jackson Ewell scored that goal, and you ripped off your shirt in the crowd, and you were going nuts. I mean, can you describe what that moment was like, actually taking in a game from the crowd and, and just the insanity of, of just having to sit there and watch as your team played a critical game like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one it- – it's awful. I, I hated it. I hated watching from the stands, but I, I loved being able to be with the ultras and be with the fans though, because that's, that's why I really believe I wasn't lucky enough to be playing this, uh, this game. I would be a fan. I, I was a fan before this and I would be there right there with them. Um, I kind of got caught up in the moment of, uh, you know, I saw everyone else shirts off. I was excited. It was a huge game. Also have so much, I think just nervous energy that I wouldn't have known what to do anyways. I would have just driven – I probably would have sit with my family or some other teammates. I would have driven them crazy, just either my talking or just my nervous energy. So it was nice to kind of let it out, have another uh, avenue where I could uh, express it that way. Now I know the fans won't be around, but you are going to be playing again soon as the MLS resumes here in San Jose. I believe you play the Portland Timbers first. But, uh, I mean, how excited are you just to be able to get back again onto the field this time at home, not have to stay in the bubble. I'm sure you miss your family like crazy. I can't imagine being away from them for that long like that. You know, I have two young daughters as well. So, I mean, just taking all of that, what are your uh, vibes about coming back here and playing some more games at home and getting this season going some more? Absolutely. I'm extremely excited about it. Extremely excited that they're able to piece together, um, you know, the best they can. And I think that, you know, everyone uh, understands the protocols and understands the situations that we are in. Uh, Obviously, would love to be in front of fans and uh, to have a packed stadium. And that's how we'd love to have it, but we can't have it at that moment, but it's, uh, it's nice to play a game and just to be out there. And even for 90 minutes, just to be in that element and um, love being able to, you know, be able to practice right now and just trying to, you know, make a great season, make whatever we can out of it. And uh, I really have a belief in, in our team and uh, what we can do. I think a lot of fans are, are wondering this because, and correct me if the comment is wrong, but the door is closed but unlocked with regard to your future. Can you clarify that? And uh, where do we stand right now as we talk today? Yes, um, you know, it's I, I wish I, you know, had a very clear answer. I, I don't right now. I, I think my biggest uh, obstacle is just wanted to see what 2020 had, whatever the season had left, if there was going to be anything. And I, um, you know, I coming into the season, I, I knew it was my last. I wanted it to be my last. I was fully content with it. Um, I don't know. I just have like this taste in my mouth where I want a little bit more, especially being down, down in Orlando. I felt that just the fire was still was still there. I, I loved it. I wanted more of it. I couldn't get enough of practices, the guys. And so that's why, again, I just kind of want to see where, where this season ends up. I, I definitely would – contended and contended this being my last year, but um, I can't fully say that it is though. I still kind of want to maybe explore, see what is in the future, see, you know, if, what next year I guess can kind of entail. But uh, not, yeah. Yeah, not only the fire, but the, the production's still there. So uh, what was so key to you in that tournament and, and some of the, that, that comeback win? I mean, the bubble, you guys were so fun and you weren't here to experience it, but there was a lot of vibes and buzz and the, they were watching outside the stadium back in San Jose. So Talk to me about just what you guys did on the field and that, and that comeback, especially. 
Um, I think a lot of it has to do where, you know, I love, owe a lot of credit to uh, Matias uh, Almeida and, our, and his coaching staff. I think he, you know, just really has that foundation of how to play, but also embraces how to, how to enjoy it. It's a game. And, uh, you know, again, we kind of joked around how we were having fun in, uh, in our, our 12-year-old child, but it was uh, – I remember it was a game. You know, I think that there was a bit of a time where, you know, a couple years ago where – it was a bit of a grind each season going in, but um, I'm loving it right now. I love, I love the hard work. You know, I love the practice. I love trying to grind it out. It's uh, it's enjoyable again. I think that he kind of just reminded me of that and it reminded me to enjoy these little moments as well. And so it's uh, something I'm trying to embrace. You don't sound like a guy who's ready to hang up his jersey uh, anytime soon. I, I want to ask you about this because there's an old saying in boxing in particular where, I mean, you know, you get paid to get punched in the face. Well, presumably you're going to punch the other guy in the face before he punches you in the face. But the, the old saying is once you start to think about retiring, you're already retired. But that doesn't sound like what I'm hearing from you. Like you're thinking about it, but almost like, oh, this is too much fun and fans might be back next year. And, hmm. So, yes, I mean, I've, I've always – Something that, uh, you know, I think that's helped me as a striker is be able to compartmentalize certain things, you know, whether I miss a chance, able to put that away. And so, you know, again, being older, I've definitely had to think about retirement and have a, just a game plan of what I'm going to do in my, you know, in my career after. And so I've had that, but it's just kind of in a bubble, in a little shell that I, I know it's here, but I'm going to squeeze every ounce I can out of this and, uh, you know, and, until I can't or until I don't want to, um, that's that's where I want to. I always said I was going to rock it till the wheels fell off, and then kind of Fred Flintstone it for until it crossed the finish line. <laughs> and uh, that's still still kind of my plan. But uh, yeah. But you're a long way from just. I don't even know what the, the proper analogy would be. Uh, you know, he had the the the, the rock wheels. Uh, I mean, you're you're moving much faster than those than, than his tires were. Um, just 161 goals, leads Major League Soccer, four-time All-Star, 16 seasons, age 37. When we had Tommy Thompson on, he said he was stunned by your level of fitness when you guys first started working out. So, I mean, what's the difference between age 37 and 38? I mean. Exactly. It is just a number. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've been waiting for it to kind of hit. I've, I do start feeling it. I've. I, I notice it more after games, I guess, than I have in the past where I'm always just ready to go the next day, like, let it go, here we go. And so I think that's probably the only place where I notice the age aspect of it. Um, again, I, I feel very fortunate. I've been able to run. I always kind of compared myself to a VW bug that's just stuck in second gear. I've never been the fastest, but I can run the same pace for, for a long time. And uh, you just put me in that second gear, I'm good to go. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it's something that I've been fortunate enough to have, but I also use it as a tool and as a weapon. And so it's uh, something that I, I need to have. I've always thought of myself as a Jaguar. Um, meaning I'm, I'm in the shop a lot. I'm pretty <laughs> broken down. Uh, a, lot, a lot of electrical problems, and I just can't even really get rolling out of the driveway a lot. Hey, hey you look good, though. You, you look great. Oh, <laughs> Those <laughs> one or two days where you're going right, you're so fast and efficient. Save that clip right there. That's that's the one we're going to use. That's 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 the soundbite. <laughs> uh, 
I have to ask if you compared yourself to a VW bug. We're we're actually the same age. Did you ever watch Herbie the Love Bug as a child? Herbie the Racing yeah. Car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, Herbie. I always wanted to get a VW bug and have a Herbie because Herbie was the man. So I mean, I think that's a great analogy for you. And I mean, what are we looking at though from like a family standpoint? as far as your playing career codes, are, are your daughters, are your wife, are your dad who coached you, uh, are, are these people weighing in and trying to help influence your decision or are they, they're happy leaving it up to you when you're ready to go? So I, I'm very fortunate, again, very fortunate to have them as basically my inner circle because they, they keep it real for me and I love that. And so especially my wife, my dad, my brothers. And so I love bouncing off with me and, uh, my brothers are the first ones to tell me, yeah, I am slow. You're, no, you're, you're, you're getting old. But they're like, no, like, you, you still can play, though. You, you, you can go for another year or so. And uh, my wife as well. My wife just is more like, hey, as long as you're going to be okay down the road and, you know, and you're going to be healthy, go, go enjoy it. And so it, it is very nice to, uh, to have that, you know, that, that inner circle uh, to depend on. No, I don't know. I don't want to force he's you not, to he's not retiring. a statement here, but I mean, if you were to say you could get one more year and you get the fans back, you could have your going away tour, everyone could be at the games. I know they all come to the games anyways, being the hometown kid. I mean, how perfect would that be if you could get that scenario? That, that is that. I mean, you're, you're definitely uh, speaking some, some amazing scenarios and that's, that's my dream one right there. And I would love nothing more than that. And, um, you know, I think that's what it is that kind of presses me on and uh, makes me want to go. And so, um, yeah, again, just kind of all has to kind of all be in line and, uh, and head right there and also make sure that I, I can produce and uh, help the team in any way I can. I just don't want to be out there um, basically like a mascot or being able to wave. I want to be able to help produce the team uh, win and win a championship as well. You talked about your youngsters. Um, what's it like when uh, they watch you on TV or there are videos of them looking at, hey, daddy's on TV? Is that something that's pretty cool for you? Uh, yes, absolutely. I love it. And uh, so I have a six-year-old, and she is all about sports, all about the game. She knows everything. She knows every player. She knows everything. I have a four-year-old who wants nothing to do with sports or could care less. <laughs> She's into makeup or trying to dress or stuffed animals but it's uh it's kind of funny just seeing those two but they will definitely watch and are out there and it's uh my daughter loves christian espinoza she i had to go ask for his autograph for her and so that was uh kind of an, uh, an embarrassing humbling moment but it was uh it was awesome and she has it hung up in her room and uh she she loves it you kind of uh, led into my next question. I was going to ask you if you were her favorite player, there was someone else. Because you see all these athletes, they'll be like, you know, Drew Brees' kids like some other, some other, like, he's my favorite quarterback. And it's like, your dad's Drew Brees. Um, <laughs> so is it Christian Espinosa or are there other guys? Like, where do you fit on the, the player ranking? So I also, I think I'm way, uh, extremely low on the totem pole as well. Because <laughs> one, she loves Christian Espinosa. And then she also, she just made her first, uh, she plays Mustang and uh, made her first, First team, and so she got to pick numbers. She she did pick number eight, but she uh, picked number nine. And I asked why number nine, and she said she loved she liked Danny Houston. She she really liked the way he played. I'm like, all right, well, hey, was, uh, I'm glad eight's at least in there. So I, I think I'm in her top three. So that's a uh, I'm taking that as a win. I actually like Christian Espinosa. Also, could you get me uh, his autograph? <laughs> I mean, if you're if you get one, you get two. What's the difference? Really? Exactly. He yeah. was very nice about it. So, I mean, that, that is. <laughs> yeah, please do that. Um, so, I want to come back to something you mentioned earlier because you don't view yourself as a guy with great 
top line speed and you were actually recruited by UCLA to run track. Did you ever think about uh, what if I would have taken that path? What was, what was your race? What, what was your best, what was a mile? I was the mile, yes. I was a mile, I ran a uh, 415 uh, mile, four minute, 15 second uh, mile. And I also ran the 800, I was a 154 uh, for the 800. And so I was, just soccer was kind of always a passion. I, I played baseball growing up and I actually loved baseball. And so my junior year of high school, I kind of had to decide soccer, baseball, I chose soccer. And then I got talked into doing track. And so track was, I guess, more of a hobby that I ended up being better at. And so, I don't know, I have thought about that. I always kind of did wonder if I would d took that path. Um, that being said, I, I, I love that I think it was a life lesson for myself as well that I took something I was passionate about. I followed that dream and I was able to go for it. I, I, Chico State was the only school that recruited me as and it was division two and that was the only school that recruited me uh for soccer and i uh, took that opportunity and uh, you know to be able to kind of make the the path i have from from there i i makes it a little bit more special yeah we have a consumer guy michael finney i think he might have gone to chico state he often refers to it as the harvard of the west <laughs> I'm, yeah I'm jumping on board with that one. I mean, I'm, I haven't heard that, but I'm hoping it catches on. Yeah, I think it came up at a party one time. Uh, that you didn't go to any parties at Chico State. Did you? You're pretty oh, locked. Never. In. I would. I have no huh? idea what those look like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you didn't even hear the noise outside your dorm room or anything like that, or you no, you just kind of. Well, not the library. Maybe uh, past past one or two on my way there, but uh, no, I. I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Chico and it was a, it was a great time and I have lifelong friends and it was uh, something I wouldn't, I wouldn't change for the world. Hey Casey, is it possible in the future that we could hook our guests up to a lie detector while we're doing the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Not all the answers we're getting here are 100% fact. That's, that's just, I don't know, it's just kind of, I don't know, just what I'm feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I think we can arrange that. I, the background noise might be a little much, though, because you'd hear it so much with all of our guests. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if you look back right now at your career, I mean, you were drafted to your hometown team. I know things weren't always easy. It was, it was tougher in Houston. And here you are, the all-time MLS Golds leader. You even have a street named after you. So, I mean, just how crazy is it? Like, when was the moment where you were growing up where you kind of just knew this was it? Like, this was your path. This was your calling. And and did you ever think in a million years it would get to this point? I mean, World Cup, Wanda Way, et cetera. It, why it still hasn't sunk in or even sinking in that I'm living my dream. It was, I remember going to clash games at Spartan Stadium. And I remember, you know, watching them and just thinking how cool it was. I remember being in college and playing at Spartan Stadium thinking this is where the pros play. This is, you know, I'm stepping onto their field. And it was uh, you know, a, a friendly against the earthquakes when I was, you know, on an amateur team. It was, these are the things that I couldn't even fathom when I was younger. And it was, now I get to literally live the dream in it. So it's, I think it's going to be one of those where I'm telling my grandkids about it and it's just going to finally sink in and hit me like a ton of bricks. But it's, uh, I don't know, I've definitely tried to enjoy every single moment along the way of it though. 
Now, here in the Bay Area, I mean, like, your name is synonymous with soccer, but who are the, some of the people that you like to watch in other sports here in the Bay? Oh, I, I'm a huge uh, sports fan. I, I love all sports. And so, I mean, obviously, Steph Curry, the, the Warriors, watching Clay, big Clay Thompson, Draymond. Uh, you know, especially when Iggy was here, I was a huge Iggy fan. Um, you know, I grew up with Barry Bonds. You know, it was I'm a Giants fan. I like the A's, huge A's fan, but Giants uh, – just for me, Raiders over Niners, but still love uh, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana when I was growing up. They're still amazing. But the Raiders, uh, once they came back to the Bay, I would, my family had season tickets. And so we're going to theirs. And so, you know, Rich Gannon. And again, when Jerry Rice back <laughs> the second time, but it was, uh, you know, memories that I always have and Tim Brown and guys that those that kind of help embody, you know, guys I looked up to and, uh, you know, even Warriors back then, it was Chris Mullen, TMC, you know, Chris, Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, guys that I looked up to. And I remember meeting Chris Mullen, and it was a Danville guy, and it was uh, St. Isidore's Church. And it was, you know, something that just in awe of. And it's, uh, it's amazing that I am able to see him now, and he knows my name. It's still crazy to me and uh, something that I, again, still can't fathom, but uh, it's pretty cool. In that same light, uh, you've traveled all over the place and been to some great events and venues, but as a fan, is there a place that you would either like to watch a game or a team or like what's on the bucket list of sports items that you would like to see as a fan and enjoy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I just have so many great memories. Um, I don't even know what to call it now, but Oakland Coliseum, O.co, the, you know, uh, just going to the Raider games there, but, uh, you know, again, candlestick, uh, you know, also um, AT&T now. But, you know, I think that I, I love the his, the historical ones. I, I, I've not been to Fenway yet. I've been to Wrigley. Uh, so I, th I think Fenway would be a really cool one to experience. I I find it awesome that uh, we, we played at Yankee Stadium. And so not, been, not being able to uh, uh, watch a baseball game is kind of weird, but I – literally walk out pregame and I go to shortstop and pretend like I'm taking a, a ground ball, you know, it's just <laughs> kind of cool. Uh, just yeah. like I'm sitting at Yankee stadium, you know, it's a, uh, it's just something I have to do. And uh, um, it's, yeah. 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 Fenway, Fenway's great. Definitely should go. I haven't been to Wrigley, but uh, one of mine is like to see a college football game in the South and they have some of those hundred thousand plus fans, but you guys have had some great atmospheres as well in the MLS. I mean, some of those, what's it like to play in front of 90 to a hundred thousand screaming fans? It's awesome. I love it. I, you know, obviously I want you, I wanted to be home fans. And I wanted to be rooting for you, but you could be rooting against me. If that atmosphere is there and you, it's like almost a palpable buzz. And it, there is, it's just, you feel that energy and it's, uh, it, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, going down to Azteca stadium, I think that was probably one of the biggest stadiums and also Rose bowl where just the loudest and, just feeling that buzz and just seeing it packed to the brim and seeing the passion that the fans have. It was something amazing. It, it really was. The Rose Bowl is an incredible venue. I mean, you just sit there and it's, it's almost surreal how beautiful it is. And then when it, when it's filled. So let's talk world cup and you played for team USA and why aren't we better after all this time? I mean, you see, the success of the women's team. And I know it's not an apples to apples comparison, but why can't we get a program where we're at least more competitive? It seemed like we were for a little bit and then, 
No, absolutely. And I think that it's something that we do need to address. And I think, you know, one, I, I do believe that the game worldwide has gotten better. There's not necessarily the haves and have nots. I, you know, they're the top tier. You know, there's not just the four nations that are going to be competing. I think that it is a little bit more um, equal across the board. But that being said, I think that we need to address the youth system. I think that's where it starts. And I think that, to be honest, I think that's we, we need to start back at square one. I think that it's kind of been done the wrong ways. And, you know, I think that a lot of blame has gone to pay to play. And I think that there's a lot of blame in there, but I think that it's everywhere. And I think that where we find it is that I think the Americans will always have the ability and the capability to do the athleticism to do amazing things. I think for the soccer aspect, we need to sharpen up our minds. I think that we need to have the understanding of the spatial awareness of the spacing of knowing where to go, the tactical um, views about knowing what to do and how to play different formations, different styles, different, just different everything. And I think that you have to be able to adapt in different ways, but also have a, a signature, have something that is, you know, a coach where this is how we are going to play and develop it from the start where we become the best at that. And that's how we are. And, you know, we, we do need to have that confidence slash arrogance where we need to implement the best to become the best. And this is how we're going to do it. And again, I, I know it's a lot easier said than done because the, the actions are what actually need to be taking place. But I, I do think that that's where, the biggest steps can be made. And I know it's a, it's a little difficult, e even though we have 330 million people in the country, if they turn on the TV, they see LeBron or Steph or an NFL player, or, you know, you don't see Christian uh, Pulisic, you know, he's not on the list. He will be at some point because he's going to be a great player, but he has to go to Europe and, you know, to really become a big deal. So, uh, I, I hope that that can get squared away. But but let me ask you this then. Um, you're a striker, so you'd probably, if you got the ball around the box, you'd shoot it. But if there was one player at, at any point in their prime that you could call a teammate and you'd pass the ball to, who would you want to pass the ball to with the confidence that we need a goal right now, I'm going to, give it up to Messi or Ronaldo or Pele in his prime or Beckham or, I mean, we could go down a list of a hundred guys, but um, I only know about four soccer players. Yeah. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think any of those guys in the prime, you know, are, are, are putting it away. They, it's amazing. You know, I think it's almost, you know, a three pointer to a, an amazing, you know, a quality NBA player, you know, they, they have that, but, I'm going to go with a teammate of mine that I would always uh, – that I played with is Clint Dempsey. Just ice in his veins, just with just slotted. And, you know, I don't think – again, I think Landon is probably the best you – know, yes, best American to have played the game, and rightfully so. And I'm a huge Landon fan and always will be. But uh, something about Clint Dempsey, just a closer, just ice in his veins. And uh, something that um, – yeah. You're taking Clint Dempsey over Messi? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I would take Messi again. I, would, All I, right. haven't, I haven't been his teammate, so I haven't seen him in the locker room. But, uh, you know, but you know, I've only seen – actually experienced uh, the Clint have it. But, um, I mean, I, 
if I could pick, I mean, I would, I would pick Messi. Or yeah, uh, he, he's he's not bad. He he's pretty good at this game. He's he's decent. I mean, he's he's short, but right. I mean, I mean, so I mean, yeah, he he's, he's very short. So <laughs> probably write him off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, one thing actually about that, and I think sorry, just to kind of on the last question, I think that's going to be huge. Is in 2026 is that we the North America host a World Cup, and I think that you mentioned we had a a bit of a, a you know a glimpse of hope when. And I think that a lot of it had to do was the catalyst was the 94 World Cup when it was hosted in America. And I really mm-hmm. think for myself, I was an 11 year old. And I remember sneaking to Santa, you know, with my dad. My dad took me. I mean, it wasn't mine, but uh, sneaking to Santa Clara University and like sneaking, watching through a fence, uh, Brazil practice. And I, I think for myself, I think that's really where it became a passion for me. It became a love. It became something that, you know, and then watching those games and, even just seeing the games at Stanford Stadium, you know, not going to them, but just seeing them on TV and just having that relationship, I think that it's going to be a big step for the United for Amer- United States soccer is that 2026, and I'm hoping that it can kind of spur it on like it did in '94. Well, that's a, a great place to wrap it up because Team USA has five six years in order to get it together, and hopefully by that point there will be the program in place and the clear steps to get back to i mean it's going to be hard to beat brazil or germany or whatever but on any single day that's a it's a right it's a doable thing absolutely and that's the great thing about these tournaments and just about you know how wonderful it is the world cup uh, you know it's i i say it's uh, i love it i i compare it to the ncaa is the greatest annual tournament i think world cup's just the greatest tournament it's uh they're, they're amazing you always see special things that happen and memories uh, every time you they play it's uh it's truly a special well uh, best of luck on the balance of this season with the earthquakes and next season as well um because you're not retiring i could see, <laughs> i mean this is confirmation for me i don't know let's take a vote let's take a vote you don't get to vote because you're on the fence casey do you think he's retiring based on what we heard the last half hour no way chris that's a no. That's a no. All right. So it's so far it's three zero. We should let you vote since it is kind of like your career. <laughs> so you want to vote? What do you want to vote? See, I mean, I, I want to vote. Like I want to keep going. I mean, I just got to make sure everything is in line. But I <laughs> well, we what do we need to do? We can. Who do we need to negotiate? We'll get it done today. Well, I mean, it's not even numbers. It's just making sure body, making sure. I mean, I want to talk to the coach. Make sure that. I, I am in his plans, you know, I, I want to make sure we finish well, I want to make sure, you know, I, I don't want to be taking minutes from, from guys that, that we, we need minutes and, and things of that nature. You're being too modest, Wando. They put you in late in these games, I'm screaming at the TV, put, we need a goal, put Wando in, and then you come in and score like 30 seconds later. You're <laughs> still the man. I think that just shows how smart you are, though. No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Thank you for recognizing my soccer expertise. The Jaguars out of the shop today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cars out of the shop. Wando, <laughs> I look forward to uh, to whatever you decide in the future, and uh, we'll see you at Safeway. Yeah, Tassahara, right yeah. there. See you in the wines. We didn't even get you. What's your favorite wine? Give a plug to your wine. There's a sponsorship oh. opportunity waiting right here, right now. Oh, I love Duckhorn. Duckhorn is uh, anything Duckhorn. Excellent. All right. I'll see you in the wine section. With authority.